episode of A Woman's Worth with Rashanda. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Welcome, listeners, to the show. Today, we have Ms. Teresa Ziegler back with us to talk about HIV and self-care. Teresa joined us last show to talk about intimate partner violence as we are in the month of October and October is Domestic Violence Month. And so we talked about um, intimate partner violence and HIV. And Teresa's back again to talk to us about a topic that is connected to um, domestic violence. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you. Thank you. And before we get started, also, we would, I would like to acknowledge that October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, Teresa, so um, you talked to us about intimate partner violence, what it is on the last show. You talked about some of the risk factors of intimate partner violence, and you talked about how intimate partner violence is connected to HIV and, and can increase H, um, HIV infections. So would you recap some of the um, things you talked about, about intimate partner violence with our listeners? Yes, I'd be glad to. So intimate partner violence is physical violence, like slaps, punch, kicks, assaults, weapons. Sexual violence, rape, coercion, abuse, physical force, psychological violence, and and stalking also. Sometimes it does not have to be physical or mental. Well, I think mental is more dealing with the, the stalking part of it or following or watching. Those are parts of intimate partner violence. And this puts HIV women at risk. Um, the different risk factors are having different sexual partners. Um, that's a big thing. You know, the younger 15 to 24, I was reading a, a thing on World Health Organization. Those are our bigger bigger HIV um, infections are women among 15 to 24. Those account for 75%. So it was saying the risk factors are having several partners, different partners and not using protection. Um, the different types of sex you're having, oral sex, um, you know, and not using a condom. Um, also, it was talking about um, the different uh, background effects that have that the women have. Sometimes they're used to a certain behavior and a certain type of behavior, like sexual abuse. That's embedded from childhood. Um, those different things that they haven't resolved. Um, all of those behaviors that puts women in risk for doing risky behavior. Um, they haven't healed from it. They think that's the normal way uh, of life and they're comfortable with that. So that's that's what they, you know, that's what they go with. Um, out of the norm, anytime, you know, something is new and not normal to us, kind of it's kind of scary. So it's the same way with them. If they've been a... a in a relationship that has been abusive and when they do recognize, um, sometimes, well, let me go back. If they've been all their life been abused and they meet a partner, that's, that's abusing them. That's normal for them. Mm-hmm. So if they meet someone that's not doing those things and that's out of the norm, 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes that indicates an indicator of like, is this person really for me? Are they really into me? They haven't abused me. They haven't questioned where I've gone. Do they really love me? So mm-hmm. those are, are the things. And our women with HIV, you know, they already, you know, tested for HIV. So that takes a little bit away from them. Takes a little mm-hmm. bit away from their self-esteem. So then to have the balance on top of this, they think they're not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. they, um, you know, hey, because I have this, I have to tolerate this or nobody else will love me. So it's a lot of different factors, um, risk factors when we talk about intimate partner violence and HIV. Okay, okay. And, and before we move forward, I want to also acknowledge um, that um, listeners that maybe didn't join our show last week and joining this week to, um, or may not listen to a pre- additional Previous shows that I've a previous show that I've done with you as it relates to your work and um, HIV is working with uh, HIV positive women and you um, your um, profession as being a therapist and that you know so listeners that's joining in for the for this particular show that did not listen to the previous shows may not know your background or how you qualified to talk about this particular subject and um, and I just want to what you said about women being abused and um, and mistreated and how sometimes when those things eat at their eat at the self-esteem and they feel that they're not worth it or they or they tolerate certain things because they think that if they're HIV positive or you know something else is going on or you talked about some things that happen to women in their particularly in their childhood and how they may that may affect their self-esteem and how they think that I got to tolerate this, I got to put up with this, I got to take this just so somebody, I could be with somebody or um, somebody would be with them or they would feel loved or, you know. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that, of course? Yeah, um, just working with different women in HIV and also doing support groups. Um, mm-hmm. They're supporting and advocating for women. It was a lot of situations where the woman was there. She knew the relationship wasn't right. She knew the relationship wasn't healthy. But because she didn't want to be by herself and because she had HIV, you know, it was harder for her to move on. So she tolerated a lot more. She was tolerable and you know, different behaviors and those eat at your self-esteem. Anything you allow to happen that you don't want to happen, that plays back on you saying, man, why did I do that? You know, so it was a lot of that that I seen in the groups and a lot of times, you know, sometimes, you know, the women wouldn't open up until somebody else said something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it goes back to uh, African-Americans in the household when, you know, mama said what happened in the house stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they're so afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But they're having all these behaviors inside and it eats at that self-esteem. It eats at your mind. Um, feelings, all of that ties into, um, you know, when, they, when they're accepting the violence and when they're accepting the treatment. And they're making that, they're making, um, it's making them feel like they're not worthy, not worthy of being appreciated and uh, worthy of being loved, which is not true because everybody is worthy of that, you know? So I've seen a lot of that in the groups and, you know, they're to support them as far as, you know, letting them know, 
Um, one way that I know that we can stop that is empowerment of women. Some mm-hmm. of the women that I dealt with, um, they had pretty good social skills, but economically they weren't there. They weren't where they wanted to be. And sometimes okay. that that's for, for like uh, low education or for whatever reason or things okay. that happen in the past. Okay. So those are the different types of things that I've seen in the group. But go, I'm so sorry I got off topic. But going back to your question of saying, um, yeah, everything you said was relevant because it because it created another thought process and thinking some other questions that I may want to bring out as we move forward in this conversation. So go ahead. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. My heart is so dear to a support group. Okay. And then another thing is that the women that are in the relationships and they know that they can get out, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's about retaliation. It's, mm-hmm. it's, the time, it's, it's about losing um, what they have. You know, two incomes are together. Right. And, you know, your belt is surviving and I move out of this, you know, it's like, hey, what am I going to do now? Right. Absolutely. And that's something that we definitely have seen a lot in, in, is you work with, if you work with um, HIV positive women and and have worked in the field of HIV and as myself have worked in the field of HIV where we, that, that does matter. Where people make a decision, when am I going to stay or am I going to leave? Because sometimes the, the actual, the spouse is is making the more you know um bringing more income into the home and so they have this you know this lifestyle and this the way they like to live and so it's hard sometimes for women to move away from that and so sometimes they accept those behaviors of self the mistreatment of self certain um circumstances situations and um that like you said affect their self-esteem and so, um, so talk, tell our listeners what talk to our listeners about self esteem. Self esteem and self worth, all that ties together. Okay. It's about um, just knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, when people say "level," I mean, ugh, low self esteem, um, their confidence. You know, uh, confidence is down. They kind of hide away from social situ- situations. Kind of like quality of life. It, it, it's not really where they want to be, so their self-esteem is down. Um, okay. And th- that's another risk factor for intimate partner violence with HIV women because mm-hmm. self-esteem is down. I'm allowing all these things to come in, and it just creates more trouble, but it ties in with self-esteem because I'm thinking because I have HIV, I'm not worth it. You know, nobody really wants me. So it's certain things that I have to put up with, you know, and that's not the case because it is help out there, you know, like counseling or talking to people, um, support groups, different things like that. So I would say with, you know, with women who are dealing and, and dealing with with uh, low self-esteem mm-hmm. and HIV, that it is time for them to start speaking out. If you're not comfortable about your status, you know, I understand that. But as far as the self-esteem part, you know, just talking and getting your feelings across, because I think the more that we talk about our feelings, the better we can grasp, grasp hold on. 
And, and to your point, and because this show is for we, you know, women that are infected with HIV and women that are not in the increased risk for HIV. And so when we talk about self-esteem, so, and you said no self-esteem, so a person, so if a woman has, say, have high self-esteem or her self-esteem is okay, but then something happens. So if if they, if a, there's a diagnosis of HIV or if there's a situation in a relationship with the, with the spouse or the significant other, and um, say, for instance, their income decreases, they can't live the same lifestyle. Does that affect a person's self-esteem so it can their confidence or they, you know, go down about themselves? So those things could happen and make a person because they could have it and then it go down. But they have to build it back up. Absolutely, those okay. are the main things that um, affect your self-esteem. Okay, that goes again back to being out of the norm. You know, sometimes when you're not comfortable, most people, not all, some people can just bounce back and they can deal with it. But it's those people who, um, you know, they, like I say, those back, those back uh, problems, those back behaviors from childhood that rear and they, they, that's, those are the ones that they're facing. And then that causes okay. low self-esteem. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Good point. Good point. So some things that happened in the childhood that could have created that low self-esteem is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Because Erickson says that we go, well, it, it is written a theory, Erickson's theory, that we go through the eight stages, different eight stages we go. And you have to go through those stages positively in order to get to the next step. Um, if you don't go through it positively, then you're stuck in that, even though your age moves on, but your mind is stuck in that stage. Okay. So if I didn't get over that abuse that I faced or, you know, something that happened to me traumatic, I aged, but somewhere in the back of my mind is still there. It's still letting me know that, hey, I haven't dealt with it, so it's there. And, it, and it's going to come out, but it's just up to you how it comes out. It can come out positive or it can come out negative, you know. But, you know, you know how something happened and you say, I don't know what's wrong with me. It goes mm-hmm. back, to, back to those uh, childhood behaviors, all that stuff. The stuff we don't heal from, it is bad. It's, it's in the subconscious. It is there. Okay. And so with those, so you said about it could, if the person ages, but in their mind, that traumatic experience is still there. Mm-hmm. And so that part needs to be healed for them to be fully healthy. That's, what That's, you're correct. That's correct. That's correct. You have to have a positive. It has to be positive in order for you to heal. You know, sometimes we get over it, but the fact of the pain is still there. You know, and it's like I said, it's how we deal with it. You know, sometimes we do therapy. Sometimes we have coping skills that allows us to get, you know, get over it. Okay. But it's those who, yeah, it's those who don't have, haven't used anything, or they try to suppress it. You know, suppress mm-hmm. it. It's gonna come back up some kind of way. And and as we talk about suppression, and 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 um, and we know that it's working in HIV, and we talk about drug usage. Sometimes people use drugs to suppress those memories or the experience. That's correct. And that, that could lead to unhealthy, that's unhealthy behaviors, which could put them at risk for HIV. 
That's right. Unhealthy decisions, all of that, because they're suppressing it. I don't want to deal with it. So they they indulge in risk-taking behavior, doing things they would normally do, but they have to, you know, they're suppressing this and they have this thing that need, they're trying to forget. So they need something to help them forget it, even if it's just for the moment. Okay. And they use the drug to do that. And so the drug, we know drugs can alter your mind. And sometimes people may have affect their judgment. So they may not make a best, better, a poor judgment, you know, and put themselves at increased risk, such as having unprotected sex with multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Or, or, um, in the heat of the moment, in right. the heat of the moment, you know, and they're they're maybe intoxicated or influenced by drugs, and they didn't think about that condom. They just did it, and it doesn't take it one time. Right. But it's right. not a like right. It just takes that one time. Or getting into relationships, um, and you know, the stages of you know the communication, the stages in the relationship, communication, um, intimacy, and passion which sometimes people may not even know the person fully and then have sex with them. And so those things put them at risk for HIV and other unhealthy, um, other STIs as well. That's correct. And so all those things related to, like you said, it relates to, goes back to something that could have happened in childhood and that affected them. And there's, you know, and it could be something that's a theme about this, how they think think about themselves or how, you know, how you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing about this topic I want to dig into because we want to move women into healthier ways of thinking and viewing themselves. And so, and how thoughts, you know, play a role in that, how you think about yourself and how you can entertain thoughts that make you think so negatively about yourself. And so how that also affects, is, uh, is that also related to self-esteem as well, low self-esteem as well, Ms. Zidman? Absolutely. All of that is located, I mean, it's um, related to self-esteem and self-worth because those are making healthy decisions that decides, you know, knowing what you, valuing yourself and knowing what you're worth. You know, like I say, if you are indulging in behaviors that are not good for your mind and your body, all of that stuff tears your body down. It wears your mind down. Um, then you start not believing that you'll work anything, not thinking that you're valuable. But it's all about just making those healthy choices, mm-hmm. healthy decisions. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, a, that's key because, you know, if one is, um, you know, just talking about if one is engaging in unhealthy behaviors, um, that may affect their well-being, and why, and, and, and one could be conscious, become conscious, and that's the purpose of the show, becoming aware. Oh, why am I doing that? That is not healthy for me. So we could change that behavior and build that self-esteem and build that self-worth and build that self-value um, about one. So, and that's again, that uh, that. Um, Focusing on self-care, taking care of the self. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead, Ms. Ziggler. And that's a big one for me, self-care. You know, I used to think self-care was, oh, if if I 
if you know, if I'm going to bow and be in the best places I, you know, did that, that's not self-care. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about if, well, if that's something you value, but it still have to make you have to benefit from it and it has to make you feel good, not right. just for other people. It's for you. Self-care is for self. It's building on your worth, saying I'm worth this. It's not about how you dress or how you look. It comes from the inside of valuing yourself, knowing boundaries, saying no when when you know you want to say no, not just saying yes to go along. It's taking care of yourself. That is what self-care is. And I'm so big on that because I used to always be the yes, yes, yes person because I wanted to always be there for people. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I had to realize if I'm giving all of myself away, who can get anything out of an empty cup? That's you know? true. So, yes, you have to value yourself and you have to know that, hey, I'm not going to be able to do that. I would love to do that. But that's valuing myself and not wearing my body down not overstressing my mind. We just have to know our values. And and, and that's that's so key because it's about beginning to learn how to take care of yourself and please yourself. If you, if somebody asks you to do something and being, I guess the term would be strong enough to say or no, if I, if you say, well, you asked me to do a, B, C, D, and I say to myself, well, that's going to stress me out. <laughs> you know, that's going to that's gonna put additional pressure on me to get that done in that such a time. So you have to say, I'm not going to say yes to please them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes, say no to please me. I can't that's know. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's right. And, and that was another thing. And I was looking at this little thing. It says, check your battery. How are you currently feeling? Mm-hmm. So it's just recognizing those those things or those warning systems that our bodies are giving and taking care of them. You know, um, spending time with yourself. It does not mm-hmm. always have to be a crowd. Sometimes I think people have to have a crowd around because they don't like themselves. Mm, yeah, that goes back to the risk-taking behaviors. I always want to be in the crowd, and that still puts you at risk for making bad decisions, which HIV can be one of those bad decisions. Right, because you put yourself at risk um, for an unhealthy, you know, relationship, an unhealthy event, anything, because you could be like, okay, just saying, I really feel like it, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to go and, you know, just have fun at the club, even though I know, but because my girlfriend keep, and, you know, I'm sitting there, not, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm going to drink because, oh, you're not going to be drinking, you ain't fun and all this and mm-hmm. drinking, you never know how that can turn out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. drinking and you know it 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 doesn't make you you can't make clear decisions when when you're intoxicated. Right, right. And and knowing what's your limit. Somebody else can say, Oh, you can take more, you can do more, but you have to know again those boundaries. No, I'm only gonna do this because I know what I can what I can take, what I can tolerate. And I know that I got to drive home. So that's not gonna be the best decision for me. And so would you say a woman making the decision like that, would you say her steam is high? She has some worth about herself. Does she care about herself? What would you say that is if somebody makes those choices when people are pressuring them to do other things? I think that she's on the verge of she has low self-esteem. And I also think that she does not know her worth. So her self-worth is going down, not that she doesn't have any, but it seems like she's more on the side of pleasing other 
other people than herself. So I would say that she needs to dig down deep and, and find out about self-care. Maybe it's that she doesn't know, you know, what that looks like or, or what it's supposed to be. Because sometimes yeah. we can think self-care, like I say, what I used to think self-care is value to what it really is, you know. <laughs> Buying a purse doesn't make me valuable, Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that's how some people think, you know, if they have a good outfit on and all this, then, hey, I'm good. And not it's about the inside, your heart, your mind, the things you do, how you the boundaries you set. And to your point, going back to it about so if the lady is at the, the young woman is at the is out with her friends or uh, associates and she engages in that behavior like she's knowing that she got to drive home but she still drinks so you would say she still drinks based on what they want her to do so that's so that's what you would say low self-esteem because she the self-esteem would say no i'm not doing this i'm not gonna do that or they have value about themselves i know this is gonna put me at risk i gotta drive home so i know that I don't need to be drinking, you know, heavily and know I got to drive myself home and that's going to put myself at a risk and danger my health and safety and my other life. people too, because she's driving. Right. She can hit somebody else too. So right. I think bad decisions, low self-esteem, you know, right. she didn't have any of that, that going on with her. Yeah. So if she was to step back and say, no, I'm not going to participate in this. So would that say her esteem is higher? Because she says no. I'm not doing it. She put the boundary there. Well, she has some little self-worth about herself. Because um, I'm just trying to make, so I just to understand the difference. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, the difference between what that is and what it's not. What is low self-esteem? What is high self-esteem? What will one say in a situation like that, that one would say, oh, wow, she, she, she don't play about that. She's serious, you know? So they would see her differently, like, and they would not approach her again that way because she did not allow that. She did not tolerate that kind of pressure to make her make an unhealthy decision for herself. And that is, that's the highest self-esteem. She's mm-hmm. doing her work. She's not engaged in those behaviors. Hey, I know I have to drive. Somebody mm-hmm. else could be on there. They could have a child in the car. It could be somebody. I could crash and kill somebody. Just right. being a woman, just knowing Right. And self-take. And that and that would be again to your point. Your like you said, you big on. She took care of herself. That's it. That's it. She took care of herself. And like you said, again, going back to self-care, sometimes you said a self means and self-value and worth doesn't mean I'm I'm more worthy, I'm more valuable because I have a or bigger thousand dollar purse. My hair saves me it all the time. That's not. Right. That's not that's not it. So what it is, is self-worth and value is knowing you, who you are, loving you, being able to say um, no and make healthy choices and decisions for yourself and get you healthy on the inside because it's, it's inside out. Not outside in. Correct. That's correct. That is a great way to put that. That's the right way. Right, right. Taking care of your health, you know, like this breast cancer month, you know, go and get your mammogram, taking care of yourself. And then we talk about HIV. We've talked a lot about this show about if you're in um, relationships, in a relationship at a part of your annual pap smear, get your HIV test. That's right. Get you a, um, your STI. 
those things, taking care of you, taking That's care of right. your, and you are a therapist, taking care of your mental health. Like you said, somebody has some trauma or something that happened in their background, their youth that they haven't dealt with. Seek therapy, talk about that, get that healed up. Um, because sometimes that stuff may come out um, negatively mm-hmm. and you may do something because it hadn't been healed and somebody can trigger it and then that can create you know, a, a situation that could be harmful to, to a person. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Because um, if somebody's dealing with that, they're angry about it, they're mad about it, something didn't happen or whatever. So it's important to get that stuff healed and talk to somebody about it. Don't just leave it in. And then you talk about feelings because we talk about our feelings. We have feelings and that could have, you know, people's feelings could be hurt and how you have to talk about dealing with that, your, your, those pain, hurt feelings. That's correct. That's right. Because if you don't deal with them positively, they will come out negatively. But one thing I do want to say about the self-care and the HIV women. Okay. Please, please take your meds. Go to your doctor's appointments. That's about being self-care too. Um, knowing when something is going wrong. Because you're HIV, you know, positive, you have, you're at risk for different things. So know your body, know what's going on. Um, you know, get tested, that pap smear, go on getting your blood work, making sure everything's done, you know, done because HIV is not the only thing that's out there. It's just a thing that we have that we can deal with. It's like mm-hmm. diabetes. When people have diabetes, they have to check the blood sugar, they have to do something. So that's the same thing goes with HIV. Those are the same things that you have to. And right. one day it's going to be uh, where you can just say, hey, you know, it won't be so much stigma on there. Well, you know, it, it'll be valued when people say, well, you know, I'm going to the doctor. They can tell people about it. going to the doctor, see, and then somebody will say, well, I hope your numbers are good. I hope your count is good, you know. So that's what, you know, I'm pushing for one day. Thank you so much. And, and to your point about that. Um, because you talked about diabetes and other health, and we want to make sure women know that and that listen to this show. We want to make HIV is just like another disease, like heart disease and diabetes. You know, if you take care of that, take care of that too. And so, we want to soften the stigma so people, our listening audience, don't start when was a person's HIV positive that you know of, or you know, and you know, soften the stigma of not you know, feeling shame or um, as feeling um, just good, like you've done something, you know, you know, out of, like, what's the word I'm trying to come up with? Um, I guess I just say with shame, you know, to ask for HIV test, you yeah. know, or that's a good word, shame. Yeah. Being shame. Not mm-hmm. being fearful, you know, and if you do know somebody who's HIV positive, you know, tell them, don't get your go seek care. You can live just as healthy, just like somebody living with heart disease or diabetes. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much treatment out here. We have to stop the shame. We have to stop the fear. We have to stop the negative um, attitude towards people that are HIV positive and those that, you know, toward HIV just in general in AIDS. So, you know, we want to become more, we want our listening artists to become more aware and in, in, in teaching and in, in raising awareness about how important it is to take care of yourself. 
taking care of ourselves. I say, you know, ourselves as women, take care of ourselves, taking care of each being our sister's keeper. You know, have you gotten your break? Have you gotten your um, HIV? Have you been tested for HIV this year? Have you got your breast exam this year? You know, those things. How you how you taking care of yourself, your feelings, your emotions, you know, are you making sure everybody's treating you right with a domestic violence month? Everybody's treating you as you want to be treated, you know, making sure you, you know, let people know I don't want, I don't like to be treated that way. I don't like to be talked to that way. <laughs> I like to be, you know, you know, you can say that, use your voice and um, you know, and say it and let them know. You know, I don't I didn't like that what you just said to me. You know, I don't could you say that a little differently and not try to be confrontational, but just be, you know, kind in it. And um, so people can treat us the way you want to be treated. And um, you could, you know, that's taking care of yourself. You yo, like you're saying, knowing your work. I'm worth being taught to better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, you're not going to yell at me. No, you're not going to say that to me, you know, and, you know, if you can't, then that's a way what you can't. If they can't do it, then you just have to what, step away. You have to move on. Hard as it may seem, but the longer you stay, the deeper hole that you dig. The longer you, ex- the more stuff you accept, the more stuff they give you to accept. You know, mm-hmm. setting boundaries, saying, hey, I'm not going to talk right that. If you get extreme on that first boundary, and look like, like, oh, she's not going to tell me. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I, you can hear some men talking. Oh, my wife was so-and-so. Because he knows, like, hey, I can't pull this behavior on her. Probably one of the reasons why he married her, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't pull this behavior on her. She's not going to go forward, you know? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And we want our, you know, listeners to know you can we can you can make a difference you can make a change and you can be treated the way you want to be treated you can um make that happen for yourself and so we want to encourage our listeners to um take care let's all together we're going to take care of ourselves and we're going to take better care of ourselves and so we're going to do something for ourselves if that be one thing before we end the show today, conclude the show today, Miss Teresa. One thing you would say that we could do to take care of ourselves, and and what would that? What would you tell us to do? Oh, I can't mean that. One thing I, that I'm big on is um, taking care of our health. Okay. Okay. That's the first thing because you can't function if you're sick. If something's going on with you, you don't know. Got to get to them appointments. Got to get to them point, those appointments. You have to take care of yourself, setting boundaries and knowing when to say no, because that comes with the emotional stress. That's the mental and psychological. You know, if you're letting things stress you out, that takes toll on the body. So those are things. That's why I'm so big on self-care, um, taking care of your health, mentally, physically. All of those things matter. Um and, you know, if you got all those intact, then you can go and say, hey, I want to just take a day where I can uh, have lunch by myself. You know, mm-hmm. see what you would do, even if you never did it. See what you would do on that lunch date by yourself. Those are the things that we, we, we have to, you know, look to see how we know our inner self. You know, how yes. we- yeah. And you know what's the reason? Before COVID, I used to do that. I used oh, to call it a mental health day. <laughs> I would go and do stuff like I would go to the movies by myself sometimes. 
I would go to have lunch by myself. I used to do that before COVID. And I would just and I would just have a day just for me, just doing it by myself. Yeah. And I would go to some whatever favorite meal, my favorite meal or favorite dish. I would go to that restaurant and just be by myself. <laughs> so I was I was that was the best, that was the right thing to do. Yeah, that is a great start. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that. I would go to the movies by myself and, you know, having a nice lunch by myself and, and go do something if it just treat myself to something that I liked, you know. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. So listeners, I this has been an enjoyable and for me, an, an uh, informative um, show. And I hope it's been the same for you. And Miss Teresa, I am just so glad that you came back to talk about this important subject, HIV, self-care and self-esteem. And so again, um, we're going to welcome you back again, ask you to come back again to talk more on a topic called HIV and healthy behaviors. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Would love to. I would love to. I enjoy coming to this show. It's just a light. You know, I look forward to that, you know. Like I said, I have a, some more, several other jobs, but I look forward to coming to this show. And we're glad that you come. <laughs> we definitely a lot and we can, and we can grow and, and grow and move forward. And if, we, if the situation is unhealthy, because I've seen a situation that was unhealthy that the, the person was involved in domestic violence in a relationship the husband was, but they separated and he and the wife got back together. He didn't do it again. So it can't happen. And yeah. so we want to again, you can change those behaviors and and um and make it healthier. So, but we have to know again, again, knowing your worth, knowing and having that esteem, that love for yourself. And that's another topic we can talk about too on the next one. Self-love. That's right. Um, so that could be just a show by itself, self-love. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Self-love. Yes, yes. So again, thank you again, listeners, um, for joining the show. And um, remember, a woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thank you again, Ms. Teresa, for joining the show. We look forward to our next show. And thank you, listeners. Thank you. You're welcome.